Welcome everybody to the Lug Nuts and Beer Podcast. I'm Tom Crilly, joined as always by my co-host Dylan Flickinger. We are back from our first Pocono experience and we have some stories for you, one of which involves a man asking us for bail money. We break down how much it costs at minimum to attend a NASCAR race and we're going to give our honest feedback on Pocono from a fan's point of view. The good, the bad, and the Kyle Busch victory. How's it going over there, buddy? Hey, it's going good, my friend. Back from our first, <laughs> my first race of the season. I, I, uh, Mondays and Tuesdays always feel a lot better when you get back from one of those. So I'm, I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Good, good. Uh, I think I'm fully recovered at this point. How about yourself? Made it back from your six-hour drive. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I, you know, I was super dehydrated yesterday, and I really couldn't figure <laughs> it out because I was drinking water all day, and I was like, man, I've drank probably like two gallons of water today, and then late at night it dawned on me that it's just my body catching up from uh, alcohol. So the weather was a little unusual in Pocono this weekend. It was absolutely beautiful, not a cloud in the sky, Mm -hmm. both days. Yeah, definitely. We couldn't have asked for better weather, my man. We ended up seeing more races than we bargained for. (laughs) We did. So in our typical uh, Tom and Dylan fashion, we showed up to the race woefully unprepared. There there is a your Twitter handle and it says can you quote it for me exactly? Oh yeah, a um perpetually unprepared tailgater. And it could not be more true. Honestly could not be more true. So like like you said earlier, we didn't even know if we were going to the race for sure until a couple days before because we did want to make sure that the weather was going to be pretty good if we were going to put the time and money into going there. Um but so should we just run them through the experience? Oh, I I think I think they would be happy to hear everything <laughs> that went down this weekend. Yes, definitely. So we showed up to the track and we determined, you know what? Let's we showed up to the track on Saturday afternoon. We determined let's uh, drive up to the track and see what's going on. Well, it turns out the truck race was getting ready to start, and we got put into the line of cars with everybody else just going into the race. So we parked and got out and thought, hey, might as well drink a few beers. And then uh, a uh, good Samaritan decided he wanted to give us some of his spare tickets. Just out of the kindness of his heart, just handed us two tickets. We said, oh, how much you want for him? He said, not a thing. So uh, away we went, yeah. Gotta love NASCAR fans, man. Generous as hell. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It was awesome. So, such a nice guy. We actually happened to see that same gentleman <laughs> about... Five, six hours later, wandering out around in the woods, uh, exploring a, a waterfall. Yeah, I mean, Just, either yeah. either he was stalking us or we were stalking him. I'm not sure. Either way, he was kind enough. I don't think I don't think he cared. So and I don't think we cared. So we're sitting in we're sitting in the track. We're watching this truck race, and about halfway through it, it's probably what three o'clock at that point. Probably, about halfway yeah. through it, I look at you and I thought, "Hey, man." Where I said, "Hey man, we don't we don't have a place to stay tonight. We need to figure out this hotel situation right now." Mm-hmm. So we get on on the old Google and start looking for places to stay, and we came across this place called the Pocono Resort and Conference Center. Like it sounds like a respectable place to stay. Like you just, I mean, resort. You think of nice resorts in the Caribbean. I mean, just. <laughs> You know, the Motel 8 isn't called Resort Motel 8 or Resort 8. I don't know. You know, it, your mind doesn't go there. And then Conference Center, you're like, oh, business people go here. This, yeah. this is great. That's the part that it, sold me. 
Uh, oh, same. And oh, how wrong we were. <laughs> yep. I, so I guess our we, first warning sign should have been that, you know, the day before one of the Poconos' busiest events of the entire year, they still had availability, and they were only nine miles away from the track. <laughs> well, at the time we booked, there were only four hotels within like 20 miles of the track that had any rooms left, this being one of them. So, yeah, I mean... Second thing that could have gave it away was the sign going into the place. Mm -hmm. And if that wasn't enough, it could have been the five cars in the parking <laughs> lot leading in. Um, oh, man. You know, we talked a little bit about how we're, we're not particular type guys, really. You know, we just kind of go with the flow. We're not, right. um, you know, Nancy's. We'll, we'll uh, kind of rough things out. But we got into that room and... I, I, I swear to God that someone had thrown a party in that room 20 years ago and it had never gotten cleaned up since. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually pretty accurate. I mean, it was, it was quite easily the most foul hotel room I've ever been in and probably will ever be in in my entire life. I hope so. We're talking, and... we're talking used rolled up toilet paper on the floor. We're talking cobwebs <laughs> hanging from the curtains. We're talking white mystery fluid on the windshield, just streaks of it. We're talking about a dirty fridge. We're talking about yeah. a roof, a ceiling that looked like it had water damage, like it could potentially be, you know, ready to collapse at any moment. It was truly something else. Dude, the the ironing board that is usually tucked nicely in the closet <laughs> literally was broken and thrown in the corner of the room. Like it just it was it was too much. It was too much. So um so we opted um to go and get our money back. You know, they were kind enough about it. Some some places might have given you a hard time about getting your money but back but it seemed like it hadn't been the first time that that had happened maybe that night and um we opted to sleep in our cars <laughs> in our car for the night with no blankets no pillow nowhere that we really knew we were going to park the car we just knew that we could not stay there ladies and gentlemen let me tell you it gets cold in the poconos at night <laughs> Yeah, it does. <laughs> so, so I, if we had known how cold it got, I don't know if we would have picked the car over that hotel room. But nope. I'm telling you right now, that hotel room was that bad that we legitimately chose sleeping in a little rental Ford Focus instead of a an actual bed. Let me just tell you how cold it got. It got so cold that I dumped – well, first of all, I should say, we put the seats down, the back seats down in Tom's rental car. Um and we slept with our heads on the back seats while they were folded down and our feet in the trunk. And it got so cold that I, I had three shirts on, my jeans, and I dumped out the con whatever was left in my duffel bag and put my duffel bag over my head <laughs> and, my upper, and my upper body and tried to use my, my breath as heat to warm. It didn't work. It didn't work. <laughs> oh man i yeah i well uh, us being unprepared this is where this comes back into play right because mm -hmm. we had i had one long sleeve shirt and a pair of jeans other than that no warm clothes no blankets no pillows no nothing so mm -hmm. i unloaded the contents of my bag and covered myself 
using my spare clothes as blankets and fresh boxers rolled up as pillows. So it was just... <laughs> like how you clarified fresh. Though. Well, it's important. <laughs> that's an, impor- that's an important is. thing to clarify. We, we don't stoop to that low. <laughs> no. Well, we should probably tell them like, a little bit about where we were, where we ended up parking this rental car. Right, well, okay, so... We, rewind. Yeah, we saw when we were rolling into Pocono earlier on Saturday, we saw a sign for some sort of bash, and it was like a firefighter's bash. <laughs> it was like a firefighter department, um, uh, uh, the fire department like fundraiser or something, and I don't know if they do it every year, but they said yeah. it was going to be in the infield of Pocono, so you know we were all about that. We decided so to go check it out. We saw a bash, and we said, sign us sign up. Sign us so, up. On the <laughs> infield? A bash on the infield? Hell, that, those will be our people hanging out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so oh. we, we get there, and like anything in NASCAR, it was a sight. It was an oh, experience. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> they had an 80s hair metal band from Cleveland, my neck of the woods, just oh, it was great. going to town. I felt like I was reliving my parents' glory days. Seriously. Oh my gosh. <laughs> then you had you had uh you had Willie's wild rodeo m- machine. Boom. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> this guy was great. Oh, he, all of 70 years old just loving life. This man was offering $200 to anybody who could ride his mechanical bull for 8 seconds. 200 bucks. You had to pay $10 to get on it. And Sounds easy. Yeah, he claims that somebody won earlier in the day, but yeah. I don't believe this man and the time that we were watching him and the few minutes that we were watching him had to have made 250 to 300 bucks just every 8 seconds. An endless line of people trying to win 200 bucks and I don't think anybody made it more than 5 seconds. No. Wild Willie had that thing figured out. Oh, and then yeah. anytime Every time that someone he got bucked someone off, he goes, boom, boom. He just he he he, he honestly his all his glory. He honestly reminded me of Patches O'Houlihan from the movie Dodgeball. <laughs> That's a, to a T. His look, his sound, his mannerisms, everything. Patches O'Houlihan. Real life Patches O'Houlihan. <laughs> so then we're just we're on the infield bash, just loving loving life but we knew we had so we paid ten dollars to get into the bash but we had to move our cars back outside maybe like a mile or two down the road to to sleep for the night well not sleep for the night but leave our car there until we could go back into the infield at three in the morning it's kind of it's kind of a crazy situation we we bought the cheapest camping package but with the cheapest camping package meant you couldn't go back to the infield to camp until 3 a.m. on race morning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, we're watching Wild Willie's uh, Buck and Bronco, the 80s hair metal band. We had a few beers. You know, we wanted to hang out, and we wanted to be responsible about this situation. So, we're resourceful, well-thought-out, very well-strategically-planned young men. So, we went, and we did what anyone else would do. And that is to make friends with the security guard. Oh yeah, old. What was what was his name, Tom? Dwight. Dwight. Old Dwight, the security guard. Man, that he's just good people. You don't you don't get people like that every day that you interact with. Right. He uh, he. he it was his first time being a security guard at Pocono, and he raved 
about NASCAR fans. Just the best people, yeah. how he loved interacting with anyone. And uh, he gave he he went to work for us. Yeah, we did. We told him the whole story. We said, "Hey, man, we've we've been here. We're we're at this bash, and we've we've had some beers, and and we don't want to drive. You know, that's an irresponsible thing to do, and we're not going to do that. So if we can't crash here in the infield in our car where we're already parked, then we're going to be walking a couple miles down the road at midnight and walking a couple miles back down the road again at two or three a.m." And hats off to Pocono, man. They 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 were really Tower. great about the fan experience. And seriously, yeah. So he he called his supervisor. His supervisor told him to call Tower, the mysterious Tower figure at Pocono Raceway. Tower in the sky. And yep. Tower approved it. They let us crash in the infield. Yep. Told us that if anyone bothered us while we were sleeping in the car, to tell them that Tower okayed it. So we had the, the magical, the magical free pass phrase of Tower okayed it. I'm gonna use that as like I'm gonna use that for other things in my life. Like if I ever get in, into a situation and somebody you know asks what I'm doing, I think I'm just gonna say Tower approved it. It's okay. It's okay. Tower approved it. We're good. Yeah. Move along, yeah, sir. All, everything's cool. Come on. Get out your free card here. <laughs> Nothing to see. Tower okayed it. Oh, so the uh, so the bash ends. We get back to our car, and there are two people in some big Chevy trucks that were, for lack of a better word, lit. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> they. They'd been having an extraordinary time for the evening. And they concocted a plan while we were there. They just happened to be parked by us. They concocted a plan to get in their truck and get on the racetrack. Get on Pocono. Yeah. Yep. Their work Mm -hmm. truck. Their work truck, nonetheless. Two in the morning. They're going to take a lap around Pocono. They were pretty far. They were doing burnouts in the grass in their truck, doing donuts around the cars. Like they were, they were in rare form. All right. He literally sprayed dirt and grass all over me. All over the place. No no regard. No, no, no. Yeah. So they pull up, and between the two of them, they start talking to us. The three of them, they start talking to us. And they ask us how much money we have on us, which was not a lot of money. <laughs> we took here. Here's just yet another example of our preparedness for the weekend. We took six dollars in cash with us to the Pokemon combined. For the weekend. combined. Combined. Yep. <laughs> right. <laughs> so they were like, they they ask us, and they're like, okay, well, we have twenty two hundred and six dollars to get us out of jail. Yeah. So <laughs> they they were re- they were asking us how much money we could get because they were. Le- legitimately planning to get on the racetrack and knew that when they did that they would go to jail and they would need bail money and while it didn't happen i've never been more sure that something ridiculous like that was going to happen in my life like they sat there and contemplated it talked about it and drunkenly Mm -hmm. planned it and got as far as driving toward the direction they had to go to to get through security and go up on the track and i i really thought it was going to happen and uh and it did. I'm really glad. I, I'm part of me is disappointed they didn't make their dreams come true, but part of me is glad because it might have came back to us because his one friend stayed and he was also not getting in his truck and driving because he knew that he he needed to shut her down for the night. Yeah. Um. But we probably we probably wouldn't have had a, a car to sleep in for the evening <laughs> if they'd have got caught doing. But that, the story so. to say that we saw it was uh, were there uh, during the planning phase of a of a. 
a B and E on Pocono Speedway. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yep. Uh, oh, what a weekend, man! And like you said, um, Pocono uh, hospitality as a whole just gets a big A plus. It really does. It was a great fan experience. They really thought of all the details. The I mean, mm-hmm. j- just the things that most tracks don't. Th- you know, some tracks you're well. I'll just I'll just say that they they really thought of everything. I mean, they did, and like every interaction we ever had with an attendant or a security guard was fantastic. Like you can tell they've planned this, had meetings about this, and really thought of ways to make the fans feel welcome there. Mm-hmm. Even the uh, the cup holders in the bathroom. Yeah, the cup. They had cup holders in the bathroom. Yeah, above, above the urinals. Mm-hmm. It was great. Yeah, mm-hmm. the details. The, it's all in the, the details. It's the devils in the details. That's right. Um, uh, so, so that that's the good. Um, there, there are some bads about seeing a race at Pocono, though. The the things that you can't change, no matter how good the customer service is, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, first of all, I would say. Well, do you want you want to start? Well, I mean, I think. I mean, on a on a track that big, anyone's biggest complaint is just going to be lack of viewing. Right. It's um, not very spectator-friendly. Right. No. Unless you were in, I don't know, row 30 and above, which, I mean, you kind of get that in most tracks anyway, but um, Pocono is not as tall as most tracks, at least that I've been to. So... Um, it, it, unless you were in row 30, you just really struggled to see anything other than a few seconds of racing that were right in front of you. Plus, if you weren't sitting towards um, one of the ends, if you were at the start-finish line, you didn't have the joy of having a TV right in front of you, which right. a lot of times, because the track is so big, the TV is where you end up kind of focusing a lot of your a lot of your time. So, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, the, I mean the good, great fan experience, friendly personnel and fast speeds. If you like seeing cars go fast, mm-hmm. get yourself a seat right down at the going into, going into turn one, get yourself a, a mm-hmm. seat as far down as you can. And you're going to be seeing coming at you 200 miles per hour. Um, yep. the bad, you know, middle of nowhere, truly Pocono is just, I understand it's a vacation destination, but I feel like it's a vacation destination that peaked in the eighties. And when the economy <laughs> made a downturn, it never yeah. recovered. Um, yeah, it's a little difficult to see. And we did, we moved up to row 30. That, that's one of the goods. Mm-hmm. Like most NASCAR tracks, they never sell out. So you can buy the cheapest tickets and move to a better viewing seat almost without issue. Um, we moved up to row 30 and it was still difficult to see what was going on the back hand, on the back stretch. So you'd have to move up even further than that. It's just tough. It's a two and a half mile triangle. Um, and, and then just, I mean, truthfully, the racing isn't that great. You know, I mean, the racing is not is not the best there compared to other tracks. Right, right. Quite honestly, some of the best racing we saw for the weekend was in the truck race. The truck race, yeah, um, right near the end of that. Mm-hmm. There was a... Almost had a superb finish. Right. I mean, it's still a really, really good finish with less than 10 laps to go. Three cars kind of dueling it out. But right. Yeah, yeah. It was on my bucket list. My bucket list is to go to every NASCAR track, and despite the fact that Pocono is truly one of the closer tracks to me, I've waited for years to go to it because I knew all these things beforehand. You know, I mm-hmm. you can you understand that about a track watching it on TV for all those years. 
Um, we have picked Dover over it many times. Uh, we had been to Dover five times before we decided to even go to Pocono once mm-hmm. because they're both of those tracks are about the same distance away from where you live. Um, yeah. I'll say Bo- po- or, uh, Dover is definitely a better viewing track. Um, it's definitely better racing. Obviously not as fast as speeds as Pocono. But um, but the overall experience at Pocono was nice. Yeah, man. I got to say, one of the coolest things for me, someone who had, I've never been to, um, uh, well, I guess I've been to Charlotte. I, I guess my point is I, I've never been on the infield of a track. Right. And that was an experience for me. If, if we have listeners who have never um, hung out on the infield of a track, it doesn't even have to be on race day. But even going to that bash, we kind of walked around the campsites for a while. And that's what NASCAR is all about is the experience. Like right. I have so many, so many people who are like, I just don't like racing. Well, it doesn't matter. Go to a race because there is so much people watching to do. And it just experiences going on all around you that are so cool um that you just need to take it in and the infield was just kind of another layer of that experience that i had never been a part of before and was really really neat so i liked that you're absolutely right i always tell people the same exact thing you don't have to like nascar racing to have a kick-ass time at a nascar race no the the fans and the environment and the energy alone is enough and then like you said we go and you go into the infield and that is where all the diehards are, the people who mm-hmm. love it the most, the people who want to camp there. Those are where the true NASCAR fanatics are, um, and it, it was a blast, definitely, for sure. Yeah. Um, so I thought it would be a kind of a fun thing to do to break down the cost, um, the minimum cost to go to a NASCAR race. This was bare bones. This was us being unprepared. This was us not paying for an expensive <laughs> hotel room. Because we got our money back for the hotel room <laughs> that we hotel. had. Yeah, we didn't even have a hotel room. Um, so just bare bones minimum. And this is for two people. Did a quick mm-hmm. quick breakdown here. Okay. Um, tickets were fifty dollars a piece. Mm-hmm. Those were for the che- we those to- were for the cheapest tickets. Right. But like we just said, you can move up, so mm-hmm. they turned into like seventy five dollar <laughs> seats. Yeah. Um Gas varies based on where you're coming from. We had a Ford Focus, which gets great gas mileage, and we were two hours away. So I'd say gas was like 20. I mean, that that Ford yeah. Focus got 40, 40 miles to the gallon. So I'd say that probably $20 in gas round trip. Yeah. Uh, beer, $50 for two people for Saturday and Sunday. Give or take. Could be less. Yeah. Could be more. Um, foods. 30 bucks. I mean, we, we, I mean, we ate out for every meal. So you could have done that a little cheaper. You could have packed or had like lunch meats or whatever. Tom, can you, you tell the folks what your, uh, meals were on Saturday? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I had <laughs> on the way to the track, I had two slim gyms from a gas station and for dinner at the firefighters bash, I had one bacon wrapped corn dog. And that was it. <laughs> that was my that, not nearly enough mm, to, to survive. Food on. pyramid, mm, mm-hmm. the redneck food pyramid. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> anyway, the, to camp, the cheapest camping was forty bucks a person. Uh, mm-hmm. We didn't even end up using it. We could have gotten away for less than that if we had known we'd have been able to crash uh, at the infield bash. Um, and the bash itself cost ten dollars. So. 
all in total, it costs about $155 to $165 a person. Now, that's only for two people just going at it at the bare minimum. I understand it's going to be a lot more if you're bringing a wife and kids and you're trying to do it up and and live comfortably and not sleep in a car for the weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. It it can get pricey if you have a family. Oh, my gosh. I don't. I don't think that my wife and kids one day are going to want to sleep in our Ford Focus, but <laughs> we can try. I'll ask. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, you know, it's not the most comfortable thing, but it makes for a way better story. Oh, Every time definitely. we do something like that, it's just a story that'll last a lifetime. If we had crashed oh, in a sure. normal, nice hotel room, that that's not a story. That's normal. No, that's bed bugs. Sleeping in a rental Ford Focus is a story. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> almost getting, almost freezing to death is a story. Oh, dude. Yeah, we uh, did. And then we almost uh, overheated to death because I turned the car on <laughs> with uh, full blast heat for three hours. <laughs> uh, fell right back to sleep. I woke, woke up, up and thought my drenched. face was melting off. <laughs> oh, dang. Um, oh, well. Sweet. Who who even won the race? Did we even go to the race? We did. We've talked to half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Busch won the race. Uh, he broke his year-long winless streak. I'm just so thrilled I got to be a part of Kyle's big day. Uh, <laughs> I've been to... <laughs> it was just really, it was really nice. It was, it was no, a great, really good. In all honesty, he deserves it. He's been so close to victory yeah. so many times this year. He's been running well. I figured because he ran so well at Indy and it's a very similar track uh, and they were just there last week that he would be good at Pocono. He was, got the pool, won the race, and I wasn't surprised and, you know, good for him. He's a kick-ass driver, so. He is. He is. We might not always be thrilled um, when he wins. We tend to see him and Jimmy Johnson win a ton of races Mm -hmm. that we go to. Um but yeah, he's kind of made it into a three-way competition now at uh, the top of the leaderboard here in terms of the series standings between him and Kyle Larson and Martin Truex Jr. Yeah. Um, especially now that he got that first, he hasn't won in uh, what it was exactly a year, and um, but it wasn't for you know lack of trying. He's been close so many times now, and um, he's actually led the second most um, laps on the year. Um, he, he's got eight top five finishes, um, which is the same as Truex, um, one less than Larson. So we kind of, you know, with that win, we're getting a clear picture of who our front runners are heading into the last five races here of, of the season. Absolutely. I believe only three playoff spots remain too, with five races to go to the playoffs. Crazy. It is. We've had an unusual amount of winners through through the first however many races this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It makes it exciting, though. I, I like it that. It does. There's a lot of parody in NASCAR. We've said it a lot, and that's good for the fans. Yep. Hey, I want to, before we move on to any new subject, I read an interesting stat today that I just absolutely could not believe. Um, rookie Daniel Suarez has a better average finish in 2017 than these drivers. Joey Logano, Matt Kenseth, Ryan Newman, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., uh, Jimmy Johnson, Kurt Busch, and Casey Kane. 
and, along with others, but those were the most notable ones. They, and he finished, uh, what, seventh seventh again this week. Dale has to be there among drivers he's finished better than. Oh, yeah. Well, um, yeah. Jimmy Johnson, that's amazing. Jimmy's won three right? races this year. That is amazing. I, had, I read that, and I was like, I need to see some statistics backing that up, but I read it on a NASCAR.com. It was a tweet, but... I read it on a NASCAR.com article, so that's that's yeah. amazing. I that's deceiving. He's having a much better year than I thought. It's been a quiet year for him, but mm-hmm. I mean, I guess the numbers are there. I mean, I don't. The television exposure must not be there, but the numbers are right. Se- seven top ten finishes and five, um, five times he's finished seventh. Exactly. So huh. yeah, seven real good year is a rookie. Right on, killing it. Um, so we're about out of time here. We're hitting the mark. Uh, the only thing is the boys are going to Watkins Glen this weekend. Uh, one, one road course left in the year. Uh, should be exciting. Road courses are some of the most exciting races now. So, uh, who you got? Dale. I've got Dale. (laughs) Um, Any particular reason? because I'm going to pick him for every – you can just pencil me in for every race uh, until the playoffs. As <laughs> um, Dale. He's got to win, man. Um, I really – it would be great to see him in the playoffs. I, I Truthfully, if you if you ask me to pick with my head, I would say Kyle Busch. I, he won here back in 2013. He's been running exceptionally well. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we, you know, he got kind of got that monkey off his back. See it happen again right. this week. Might, he might be rolling here now. Yep. Who you got? Uh, I'm gonna go out on. I'm gonna pick a dark horse one. I don't want to pick one Ooh. that's, uh, you know, a, a no brainer. But I think Old Clint Boyer might win. Ooh. Mm-hmm. He. I like that. He ran really well at Sonoma. He's generally good at road courses. Uh, I think it's time for him to get that win. I do, and I think we see another new winner this year. Yeah, he won his first uh, stage of of the season here at Pocono, so mm-hmm. very well could see that happen, my friend. That would be kind of awesome. I wouldn't mind that whatsoever. That's right. That's right. Uh-huh. All right, guys. Thank you for joining us. As always, we tweet sometimes at the Lug Nuts and Beer Twitter accounts, uh, and we'll try to do this as often as we can. We appreciate you guys listening. Thanks for sticking with we us. We do. Let's send them off. Bye, everybody. See ya.